episode 113 for September 2010. The Spider-Man Crawl Space Podcast is sponsored by MailOrderComics.com. They have today's comics at yesterday's prices. An example of their discounts on the Spider titles this month is the Spider-Man Complete Clone Saga Epic Trade Paperback, book number four. This one reprints a lot of books. It's got Amazing Spider-Man number 402 to 404, Spec Spidey 225 to 227, Adjectiveless Spider-Man 59 to 61, Web of Spider-Man 125 to 127, and New Warriors number 61. It's also got the Jackal Files and Spider-Man Maximum Clonage Alpha and Omega. That is a ton of reading. The cover price, 40 bucks. Mail order has it for just $23.99 is 40% off the cover price. So check them out at mailordercomics.com. This month in Spider History with JR, we're going back to September 1976. Two issues came out in 76, kind of like they did this month. We have Amazing Spider-Man number 160. It's called My Killer the Car, written by Len Wein and Ross Andrew on art. Uh, the Spider-Mobile uh, is... In the ownership of the terrible tinkerer, and also J. Jonah Jameson receives photos that Peter is Spider-Man, which is followed up in issue 169. Uh, again, thanks to SamRuby.com, our friend, uh, for helping us with this segment. Jr., what, what do you think of issue 160? Uh, you know, I um, I'm trying <laughs> trying to remember. I was 13 when this came out. Uh, I was I. I remember being glad to see the tinkerer back because I always loved it when old villains came back. Uh, and I actually kind of wondered if it was him because we were seeing him kind of in the shadows or whatever before. So I kind of thought it was cool by for that, you know, the, that that they brought back such an old villain. Uh, they retconned the fact that he wasn't an alien, which was a good idea. Uh, and and they disposed of the Spider Mobile permanently, you know. Yeah. And and they I thought this story. Now I know I noticed that you know I, I call him Sam here. I mean his name's not Sam. He only gives it a two. It was it was an entertaining little story, you know. The Spider-Mobile comes after him, uh, he escapes, then it comes after him again, knocks out his powers, webs him up, takes him to the Tinker, and you know Spider-Man still wins, you know. And and he leaves the he leaves the car hanging, you know, by the 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 guys who originally signed him to this deal and let, letting them deal with it. Harmless, cute little story, um, you know, not great, not memorable, but harmless. Uh, okay. The, the the thing with the the Jonah getting the package that was a uh, uh, lens I, the one thing I mean I kind of for the most part I kind of liked his run although it's kind of it, you know nothing really much happened compared with what Stan and Jerry had, Conway had done but he he his he kind of dragged things out and this the this was an example I mean the picture I don't think the picture thing was addressed again until like issue one sixty eight. Yeah, uh, you know, so it, it, this it, this was just kind of reminded me how slow and drug out that was, and uh, but there is the funny sub, subplot here of Jonah going through secretaries after Betty goes <laughs> off and gets married, and yeah. I know he goes through at least three of them. That was funny. Yeah, so. refresh the listeners about the history of the Spider Mobile. Didn't Johnny Storm make it for him? Well, uh, for the most part, I mean, he yeah. he and Johnny worked on it together, but he had to have Johnny's mechanical help, basically. And if you remember, in real life, Stan came to, um, oh, God, it was Jerry Conway who was writing it. And he wanted someone, apparently sold Stan on the idea of merchandising a Spider-Man car, you know. So yeah. he had to have it in the comic book. Stan tells Jerry Conway to put it in the comic book. Conway thought it was the stupidest idea. <laughs> and so as soon as he had the chance, basically, he wrecked it. 
but basically, the, Carter and Lombard in the story, they came to Spider-Man offering him, you know, an endorsement if he would drive this car and needing Storm's, you know, mechanical help. He went and the two of them built it together. Uh, but so that's kind of the story of it. The, Sp- the Spider-Mobile both in and, and out of the, uh, and the story. Had, and this issue, how did he wreck the Spider-Mobile? I think it ended up in the bottom of a lake, didn't it? Well, what happened was, uh, he was driving, it was issue number 141. He was driving and, Mysterio, this is the second Mysterio, not the first one. This is Danny Burkhardt. I think put up an, and I haven't looked at the issue, I think he put up an illusion of the, of a pier, you know, cause Spider-Man was running from the cops, and, uh, yeah, here we go, here we go, I got my essential volume out, yeah. you know, and he's going, funny, the cops aren't following me, maybe they're sneaking around to the other end of the alley. Wait a minute, did I just say, alley? And he goes, <laughs> bloop, you know, and, 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 you know, drops it, drops it in the drink. So that's nice. that's how the Spider-Man bit. It's pretty well met its end. Uh, also, that came out this month, the only other Spider-Man book was Marvel Team Up number forty-nine, where he teamed up with Tony Stark, uh, Iron Man. Uh, the title of this book was called "Madness Is All in the Mind." It's written by Bill Mantlo, artist Sal Buscema, and also has a appearance by Gene DeWolf, which I don't remember, and also has Philip DeWolf, which is Gene's father in this. Do you remember this one, Jr.? Absolutely. This yeah. was uh, a I, good one. Uh, I liked this story. I, yeah. I had been buying Marvel Team Up because at that point in time it was the, you know, basically to get Spider-Man you had to buy Amazing. I bought Marvel Tales and then Marvel Team Up. Yep. Um, so you know, Marvel Team Up was part of my Spider-Man fix, even though for the most part I thought the stories were awful. Uh, but uh, this was a very good story, and actually the issue before number forty-eight introduced Gene DeWolf. Okay. Uh, uh, and uh, although her original, she was a little more, I think she was a little tougher and more like a broad than, you know, she kind of later, she kind of had the edges softened on her a little over time. Uh, but this story basically was her father, the police commissioner. <laughs> you know, and it's funny, okay, you got to remember, folks, this was 1976. Yeah. Okay. And her father didn't think a woman should be a police captain. <laughs> you know, he wanted her brother to be police captain. You know, he didn't approve of his daughter being a policeman. He didn't think it was a woman's place. So, again, folks, 1976. So he orchestrated this scheme uh, and his uh, because his son got, you know, injured in an accident. and He was kind of quasi-brain dead, and he got turned into some kind of mental... I, you know, I can't explain it. You know, you'd have to. <laughs> I, I could explain it, but you know, it's like anything with comic books. I mean, it's like you yeah. can talk for a half hour trying to explain these convoluted plots. But it was, it was a very entertaining story, uh, and uh, I definitely, if uh, you know, go to your uh, Marvel Team Up Essential number two, I think, yeah. and and seek it out. So um, you probably get the actual issue pretty cheap, I would imagine too. Uh, it, it depends. Depends on yeah. how you define cheap, but uh, yeah. yeah, you can probably get that out, uh, get under that. ten bucks. I bet. Yeah, yeah. So, and, and I think issue forty nine was the first time that they actually didn't introduce another hero into the story, because they usually, if a story lasted more than one issue, they brought in another hero. Yeah. yeah. This time, I think it was just they brought in Doctor Strange number fifty, mm-hmm. uh, but Strange is kind of needed anyway, as the way the story w- works out in the end. So, yeah. anyway. Uh, it was uh, September '76 a better month than uh, September 2010? <laughs> Play the tape back, and I think you'll see. So. <laughs> that would be a yes. 
All right, uh, let's do recommendations. Uh, let's hit Stella up for her recommendations for the month. You know, I'm going to shock a lot of people, but okay. I don't have a literature recommendation. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it's it's been a crazy time in my life, and I've had um, really no free time. So uh, I don't know if I have any recommendations whatsoever. Oh, I've been watching Dawson's Creek. I will recommend this. <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's such a – well, it's an oldie but a goodie, and, you yeah. know, I've never really watched them, like, consecutively. They came on TBS sometimes, and I watched here and there. But now I've, yeah, I've started. I'm on season three right now. So I would recommend Dawson's Creek, and I think that's all I can all I can recommend, sadly. You go from literature to Dawson's Creek. That was, uh, that was quite the jump. Yeah, I try. <laughs> all right. Mr. Bailey, Dawson's Creek for you, sir. No, I mean I can make a couple comic book references for Dawson's Creek because Dawson's they dad do? was played by oh, the Flash. Flash. The Flash. Yeah. So uh, no, I'm gonna. I don't know if I've recommended this before. I've become a really big fan of Pawn Stars on History Channel. Oh, I like. I've recommended that before. I, like I, I, I really, I really, really like this show. I have no idea why. Maybe it's just because of watching them all give each other crap all the time, and sometimes the people bring in some really cool stuff. There was an episode a couple. Uh, weeks ago or months ago, where they went and looked at this dude's Transformers collection. And oh, it was, I missed that one. Was that it good? was like four of each, like all lined up in this one room. It was just like took me back to being eight years old. Wow. Uh, How much did they give him for that? Uh, you remember? Nothing, because they didn't want to buy it because it was worth about eighteen grand. Oh wow! And he did the math and the the the. Um, amount of money it was going to take to have somebody basically deal with the collection and then um, sell it piece by piece by piece. Uh, It was just going to be, it was going to be too much. Uh, I'm also going to recommend Dragon Con. It's a four day science fiction, fantasy, anime, comic book, Doctor Who, Star Wars, Star Trek, uh, everything under the sun convention that happens every Labor Day in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, it's local to me, so uh, we actually we, we drove in. Next year we're getting a hotel because it's just so much easier to stay in, t- in town. But it's if you are a fan of anything <laughs> geek-related, they got a panel for you. They've got something for you to come see. It's cool to see all the cosplayers. Uh, they, they've got dealers' rooms where not not so much with the comics. They only have a few dealers actually selling comics, but they got a lot of people selling action figures and stuff. You can meet celebrities uh, this year. Did I got you meet talk- any? Yeah, I was just going to ask who you met. Uh, the only celebrity that I actually walked up to, had a conversation with, and got an autograph uh, from was Phil Lamar. Who's that? Uh, he uh, one of his big breakout roles is he's the one that John Travolta shoots in the head in the in Pulp Fiction. Uh, uh, <laughs> I don't remember that. Film. Okay. Uh, it's why they have to clean the car. But he is. Oh, that probably, guy. Okay, gotcha. He's probably best known to comic fans as the voice of Green Lantern on Justice League. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he is Hermes on Futurama. He's Kit Fisto on Clone Wars. Uh, check out this dude's IMDb page. It is freaking gigantic. Uh, he was very nice. We had about a five-minute conversation. Nice. Uh, comic people I got to talk to were Mike McCone, who is very, very nice. And I realized about two minutes into talking to him, hey, this dude's British. 
Um, <laughs> uh, Tim Sale was there. I spoke to him very briefly. D- Darwin Cook, Peter David, Jimmy Palmiotti, uh, Neil Adams was there this year. He gave me life advice. It was, uh. What's the advice? The story would take way too long to tell. And you have to tell the entire story. Oh. Otherwise, it just doesn't. Uh, maybe I'll do it during the, the, the message board section. Okay. So this one's well, I'm sure we can listen to views from the long box for the full story. Yeah. yeah. That sounds good. But, uh, I like that. But, uh, no, it's, it's just, it's just a great, it, it, it is a convention for fans. It is not a convention for Hollywood and other places to come pimp their stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, and a lot of the celebrities that go there uh, say that, that, that they're, they're really surprised at how open everyone is, how nice everyone is. You don't have too many geek battles going on. So They also have a parade, if I remember correctly. Yes, uh, yeah. on the Saturday of the show at 10 a.m. Yeah. down Peachtree Street, you've got, they had like, I, I didn't go this, I, I usually don't go to the parade. Because uh, uh, you can really hit the dealer's room at that time and not worry about crowds, <laughs> so <laughs> and not worry about the con funk. Um, oh, they the, oh, are they you talking like, about smell? Yes. Oh. <laughs> Some of these people need to either bathe or use deodorant or both. I it's, think that's a new word that should go in the uh, dictionary. The con funk. I like that. Uh, but they had like three ecto ones. They had the Batmobile. They have people in costumes. The uh, the stormtroopers of the 501st march down the street. It's 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 <laughs> yeah. really cool. It's it's really neat. And uh, I go. My wife and I go. Have gone every year since 2004. Nice. And I uh, can't recommend it enough. I'm also going to recommend the the Jeff Johns podcast. Hey, hey, simply because I, 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 I'm going to recommend it without having listened to it yet because I just downloaded it last night. But uh, I know Kevin, I know his love of Jeff Johns, and I know I'm going to at least uh, really enjoy hearing half of the episode of the stuff happening 11 years ago, given my current feelings towards Jeff Johns. But <laughs> it'll be a cool way to keep up with it, though, so I'm going to recommend that as well. Sweet. JR, your recommendations, buddy. Uh. Actually, um, yeah, I've uh, I went and bought a bunch of cheap uh, CDs, uh, fairly cheap uh, to put in my car, and uh, I'm really having a blast with the best of Toby Keith. Uh, oh, there you go. <laughs> uh, and uh, you know his song, you know, there's a lot of it's. I, I like a lot of I, I like a lot of the stuff that's on there. Uh, he's a redneck, you know. He's a dude. His, uh, you know, he, he thinks, you know, he, he even he he and I think the same way about a lot of things. Uh, but, uh, it, the thing is, he's got, he's got a song there that is just the perfect story of the 20 years of my marriage. <laughs> you ain't much fun since I quit drinking. So, <laughs> I gotta oh, wow, that's 90s Toby Keith. That's yeah. going oh, really far back. I like hey, the, the best good. of. So, anyway, that's my recommendation. I've actually seen Toby Keith in concert twice. Very good show he puts on. And, uh, the, a lot, it's a good crowd. Too. It's similar to the Tom Jones crowd. I've been to a Tom Jones concert twice also. Did you catch some underwear? No, but Tom got hit in the microphone with some panties, which was very funny at that concert. Is that a euphemism <laughs> for something? <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, Toby Keith, anything else, JR? Uh, uh, no, no, okay. that's it. Kevin, what do you got, buddy? Uh, I got more than JR, definitely. Okay. Um new show I watched this week, the pilot of, called Terriers on FX, which has just 
jack nothing to do with terriers. I have no idea why it's called that. Are you talking about um, the dog? Exactly. It's okay. got nothing to do with dogs. I don't know why that's the title <laughs> of it, but it's a good show. Okay. Uh, it's It was created by uh, the writer of Ocean's Eleven, if that tells you anything about quality. Uh, and it stars Donald Logue, who's been a character actor for years. Um, oh, the thing I, I knew him best from was Blade. He was like the little sidekick to Quinn. Deacon Frost. Um, yeah, Quinn. So, but he's he's actually a really good actor. He did a very good job in this show. It's uh, two uh, kind of small time private detectives. Donald Logue used to be a cop. Um, just interesting things going on there. And it was a it was a pretty good pilot. I uh, think hopefully it'll be a good show going forward. Uh, next thing I've been obsessed with this for a few months, but I don't have recommended it yet. Is uh, the Late Late Show with Craig Ferguson is just absolutely hysterical. Uh, and I've been watching it every night for a few months now, and you, you got to watch this show. I don't really like late-night TV for the most part. I don't watch talk shows or anything that's not a regular scripted drama or comedy, but Craig Ferguson is hysterical. It's a great show, uh, and I would recommend that. Um, Music-wise, a couple of new good albums. Uh, Ten Years, been one of my favorite bands for a while, came out with a new album just a few weeks ago called Feeding the Wolves, which is fantastic, really great album. Um, go on iTunes, they have you know one of those deluxe versions. It seems like everything they come out with, everything anybody comes out with anymore, iTunes has a version with four more freaking songs on it. Um, so, yeah, Ten Years, Feeding the Wolves, and then this week, so... By the time you hear this, it will probably be out. comes out September 14th. Uh, Sully Erna, the frontman of Godsmack, coming out with a solo album called Avalon. Uh, very different from most Godsmack. If you've heard, if you're a fan of Godsmack, you know, those songs like Voodoo and Serenity and uh, The Hollow, the kind of uh, more acoustic type stuff, or the acoustic songs. It's more like that kind of a thing. Uh, and I've heard one single from it called Sinner's Prayer, which is just incredible. So I have a feeling this album's going to be great. Um, last thing I'll say, I'm going to be at New York Comic Con this year. Uh, and that'll probably be before we record the next episode, so I'm talking about that now. Uh, October 8th through 10th is New York Comic Con. Uh, if you can find me, come up, say hello. I'd love to meet some people. Nice. Your very first uh, comic book convention, right? Yeah, first comic book convention ever and first trip to New York ever. Wow. Kevin, do they dig into people's lives on this show? On what show? Terriers. Uh, a lot of investigating and digging into things. Oh, you're thinking of the Terrier connection? Yes, because that's what Terriers, as dogs, are known for. They dig. Oh, okay, that makes sense. That's I knew it was going to be some dog reference that I don't know enough about dogs to get, because I'm (laughs) like, there's one dog in the show, and it's an English bulldog. So, (laughs) but yeah, that sounds sounds fair. Cool. Uh, My recommendations, uh, Shattered Dimensions, the Spider-Man game for the PS3. Stella, have you got it yet? Um... Uh, no, I'm right now living in somebody's basement. That'd be a no. <laughs> <laughs> so I, had, I was living out of a suitcase. So, oh, well. yeah. So no PS3 time for you? No, I don't even have it with me. Oh. Well, when you get your house or your apartment, I would okay. recommend it. Uh, it's okay. for every spider geek. I mean, every Spider-Man incarnation is in this game. Uh, I even saw Peter Porker. And just an incredible game so far. I've played uh, about two hours of it so far. I bought it this week. And uh, highly recommended. JR, has uh, Spencer got it yet? Does he like it? Uh, well, 
We had a little problem. Uh oh. Uh oh. What happened? Is he grounded? Yeah. Oh. Oh. So uh, you'll have to wait till next month to get uh, his impression. <laughs> oh, poor Spencer. Did he drive the car to go to Toys R Us? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, hey, he, he's he's actually in the he's actually sitting right next to me, uh, oh. and I'm uh, right. I don't want to embarrass him. Okay. So uh, you know. But anyway, but just t- yeah. tell him Uncle Brad says it's a great game. <laughs> okay, certainly will. Uh, my other recommendation is for a mini series currently out called Spider-Man: The Fantastic Four. It's from the team that brought you the Spider-Man X-Men mini series from a few years ago. The issue two, which I really really like, and our buddy John has reviewed it on the front page. It goes back to that classic issue. I think it was in Fantastic Four 274, and also uh, after Web of Spider-Man number one, where Spider-Man ripped off the black suit costume and he takes it to the Fantastic Four. And if you remember in Fantastic Four 274, there's a little plane or some kind of electronic device that burns a hole in the the glass uh, and lets the symbiote loose. And maybe my memory's bad, but I don't remember Dr. Doom being behind that. So we can blame all these symbiote crap on Dr. Doom because he let the thing out of the case. But anyway, great issue, great miniseries, really top of line. Is anybody reading this one? Anybody picked this one up yet? Uh, yeah, I'm buying it. Uh, do you like it? Did you like issue yeah. two with the symbiote? Yes, yes, I do. I, yeah, I, I like really it very good. much. I thought it was really well put together. I thought it was better in the first issue, in fact. Uh, uh, as I, I'm catching up on my back issues, uh, if you want a pure humor comic, I know Marvel puts out a hell of a lot of Deadpool, but, uh, I think Merc with a mouth is hilarious. I mean, the, just, he's stuck in the zombie, Marvel zombie universe with a head and a busty blonde. I mean, that equals <laughs> classic comedy. I don't know. Anyway, I've been enjoying it. It's going to end with issue 13. And it's segueing into the Deadpool Corpse, which is a takeoff of, or Deadpool Core, which is a takeoff of the uh, the Green Lantern Core. So I've read the prelude, prelude, and it's pretty funny. The best issue so far is Little Wade Wilson, that is a young student at uh, Xavier's School of Young Behaviorally Challenged Youths. <laughs> anyway, very funny stuff. If you like Deadpool, pick up uh, Merc with a Mouth and Deadpool Core. And that is my recommendations. Any final words? Stella, you get the final word for the show. Uh, I'm so tired. <laughs> okay. Bailey, final word. Did you did you honestly just tell uh, JR to tell his son who can't play the game to tell him that it's awesome? Isn't that a little mean? <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, you know that mean you can you know that game you can't play? Yeah, Brad says it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Well, see, what I'll do is is I'll get him all wound up. I'll say that and get him mad at Brad, and oh. then we'll have him on next month oh. to uh, <laughs> unleash, unleash his uh, view of the game. Unleash hell. Oh. Unleash the, uh, the extent of a nine-year-old's fury. So. Oh, man. All right, starting the message board questions with Rogue Forever 7. Her location is in between the X-Mansion and Gotham City, and she asked Stella that she's loving your podcast. And she's wondering, even though you only have 11 podcasts, which do you feel is your strongest? Uh, well, thank you very much. Um, Rogue Forever 7 is a, a frequent writer, and so I appreciate her listening. Um, probably my my strongest one, I think, uh, would be the interview with um, 
Mr. Brian Q. Miller. I think that that went off very well, and I was just very proud to have a creator. I think usually my stronger ones are the ones where I actually can sort of bounce ideas off of somebody and actually talk with someone. So I think, you know, the ones with Kevin or or even the the Wonder Woman one with George, it was just good to have another opinion on there. So Awesome. Uh, Kevin, I know you don't like cartoons much, but what cartoons have you seen? I don't go out of my way to watch a lot of cartoons. Um, obviously, when I was a kid, you know, I was watching Spider-Man, X-Men, Batman, Superman, all that good stuff, and not to mention Looney Tunes and Animaniacs and, you know, all the classic stuff when you're a kid. These days, I don't really watch hardly anything. I mean, I watched Family Guy for a while and got obsessed with that around high school, college, like people do, and then got really sick of it. Uh, tried American Dad and hated it. Um Watched Under the Red Hood and loved it. Uh, Green Lantern First Flight was very disappointing. That's about all I can think of right now. Okay. I've, I've wanted to see that Batman Red Hood one. I, I hear good things. Yeah, you need to check that out. It's great. Sweet. All right. The other question goes to Michael. What is your favorite comic book ever? It can be from DC or Marvel. Currently, I would have to say it is Darwin Cook's DC New Frontier. It's such an awesome story. It's just such a well-written, well-thought-out piece. Talks about a lot of different issues. Has some really good moments in it. And I think it's just excellent. So I'll go with that for right now. Everyone, what's your favorite food? Mine's pizza. JR, what's yours? Spaghetti. Uh, Stella? Uh, macaroni and cheese. Kev? Uh, nice big steak. Yeah. Uh, Bailey? Take that steak and grind it up. And make it into a really good hamburger, and that's my. <laughs> I has any, that too. Has anyone read or seen Scott Pilgrim? I have not, but I I hear good things, even though it bombed. I have not read it, but I saw it just a week or two ago, and actually, I meant to put that on my recommendations. So thanks to Rogue Forever for reminding me. Great movie, really nice. loved it. I think it I looks funny. very very entertaining. It's one of those things that's not going to appeal to, I think people that aren't us, <laughs> but for people like us, it was awesome. Uh, Berserk Fury 819, he sa- he gives me a pronouncer for his location, which is a post. A pock a lip tick wasteland. <laughs> How's that? You like that? Uh, where is a good place to start with the Hulk trades? Uh, question aimed at me. I would say the, uh, are they called Marvel Visionaries, Peter David, Hulk? Michael, you have these. Is that what they're called? Yes. Okay. I'd and start. I, and I go with that. Yeah, I'd start right there. Uh, JR, do you have a favorite Punisher story? Uh, yes, I do. What's it that? was, uh, written by Garth Ennis and it was a one shot Punisher the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they were doing the end books, uh, I think Peter David did one for the Hulk, but it's unlike what you would expect. Uh, basically it's actually the Punisher after a nuclear war, uh, which I think Brian Bendis may have had Norman make a little nod to it during his rant at the end of Dark Avengers when he said that uh, the Punisher is going to kill the wrong person and start a new, uh, World War Three, But it's just, it's just a very interesting story that shows how, how black and white the Punisher sees the world, yeah. uh, failing to see the big picture. Uh, so that, that, I would say that's my favorite. I, that makes me re- remind myself that I forgot a recommendation. Uh, Punisher versus the Marvel Universe is very strong. It's uh, similar to the end of the world story, which I think always makes a good Punisher story. Mr. Bailey, what do you think about Darwin Cook's opinion on the comic industry? We've kind of already hit that up in the previous agreed show. Yeah, we all, so. all agreed on it. Stella, do you think there are too many Bat family books? 
Um, right now there aren't, but November, oh, yeah. Um, if they do a good job, then okay. I, I don't understand the Knight and Squire one miniseries that's coming out. Um, and then there, there's Batman, Inc. It's, it's, How many yes. Bat books are coming out? I, I'm not familiar. Oh, there are so many. There's well, there's going to be a new Batwoman coming out. There's a Batman Inc. There's a Batman Catwoman money. So yeah, there's just so many. Well, there's going to be three books dedicated to Dick Grayson as Batman and two books dedicated to Bruce Wayne as Batman. <laughs> Weird. Yeah, yeah. Plus all the offshoots. Uh, Kevin, any idea what you'll be able to get? When you'll be able to get comics again? Hope it's soon. He's re- uh, referencing a thread where you said you're cutting back on your books. Yeah, it's basically a situation where I'm going to have to either get a big promotion at work or get a second job to really afford the bills I have, let alone adding more on to it. So I don't know when I'll be able to add a lot more back in. I did add back in all the Jeff Johns books plus the two other Green Lantern books for the Jeff Johns podcast, so I'm up a little bit from where I was. But right now it's just Amazing Spider-Man and Jeff Johns stuff. Hmm. Uh, to everyone, have you seen the Walking Dead trailer and what did you think? I saw it. It looked pretty good. I haven't read The Walking Dead, but uh, I like a weekly zombie killing show. Has anybody else seen it, what they think? I have not seen it. I'm holding oh, yeah. off. I just want to see the episode, the first episode when it airs. I don't want to have any pre- preconceived notions. Cool. I've seen it. Uh, I thought it was seriously cool, but uh, yeah. I also remember being severely disappointed when AMC did a redoing of The, the Prisoner. I hit that ball. Oh, that was I, boring. I, yeah, I, that was... You know, I, I don't. You know, the, the part of the reason the prisoner was is remembered by well, the way it was is because of Patrick McGowan and his quirky personality. Mm-hmm. How can how can you remake something like that when you don't have Patrick McGowan? So anyway, six 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 and a half, Meth Capital, California. Jr. Here's a challenge for you: If you were the Spider Writer back in the late '80s, early '90s, what would you have done to write Jason McIndale as an interesting character? Post two eighty nine, amazing. Well, what I would have done was I would have killed Jason McIndale off, and <laughs> since we all believe that Ned Leeds was the Hobgoblin, I would have brought Ned back by some sort of goofy pseudoscience like is always in, used in the comic books. Yeah. That's why I, would, I wouldn't even have fooled with McIndale. I'd have gone back and, and, and done it with Ned. Kevin, first of all, for shame for not watching Justice League. Second, as a writer, do you try to plan out a specific character's development for the beginning, or do you ever find that ideas for their development occur as you are writing them and the story's unfolding? Both. Uh, absolutely both. I always have uh, long-term plans for all my characters, but a lot of times you'll just kind of see something come out in the writing that you didn't necessarily expect, and or you'll have new ideas later, and yeah, it's, it's got to be a combination of both. you got to know where you're going, but also be flexible. This next question I like a lot. Michael Bailey, if you were at a party with just Lex Luthor, Dr. Doom, Thanos, Darkseid, and yourself, because, you know, all those go together, uh, how would you break the ice and what beverages would you serve? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I think for, for, for Luthor and Doom, I would have to have some nice wines, probably some high-end cocktails like a Manhattan or something. Uh, Thanos and Darkseid, I would just, you know, offer up the souls of the damned or whatever they like. <laughs> uh, breaking the ice, uh, basically, I just look at everybody. So, 
Who hates superheroes? God, I hate those superheroes. Don't you guys? And just let the discussion go. Nice, nice. From there. Stella, what's the most overrated piece of famous literature of all time? Bonus points if it's something we all hated to read in high school. Um, well, when I looked it up, because I wondered if a site had, you know, like the top ten most overrated. Well, they said that Emma is the most overrated, and I haven't read that, so I couldn't really agree or disagree. But the one, the single most hated book that I had to read in uh, in high school, by hated, I mean I hated it so much, was um, The Awakening by Kate Chopin. It was... So that would I think that would be my overrated book. Hmm. I haven't read it. Uh, Brad, being the webmaster means you're essentially the supreme ruler of the crawl space. Do you have aspirations for further world conquest? If so, describe how you would go about seizing control over the globe and other podcast members. I think I just want to uh, spawn more podcasters. I'm going to get JR <laughs> next. <laughs> that's, that's how I am going to control the airwaves on the Internet. More podcasting. <laughs> Uh, Greg XB from Los Angeles for JR in the big picture. Do you think it was a good idea for Marvel to kill off Norman Osborn back in the 70s? And if he didn't die in the 70s, how do you think Spider-Man's mythos would be different today? Um, you know, that's a good question, Greg. You always ask good goblin questions. Um, first of all, I, I, I'm glad, actually, in retrospect, I'm glad they killed him off and left him alone for more than 20 years because that prevented him from being made into an irrelevant throwaway character, which I think was done with Dr. Octopus. You know, Doc Ock is, mm. is one of Spider-Man's greatest villains, but, you know, in the Clone Saga, they killed him off to prove how cool another character was. And then sometimes, like in uh, oh, in that uh, that uh, computer-generated comic book with the lizard, um, I forget. Quality who, of Life, I think. Yeah, you know, I mean, he was brought in to be a punching bag for a couple of issues, and then after Spider-Man revealed his identity, you know, Doc Ock came at the end for about, you know, three pages, and I, I, I think that fortunately, I think as a result of being gone all those years, Osborne was spared that. So, I'm as how the mythos would be different. Oh boy, that's that's. You know, to be honest, that's nothing I would even attempt to answer <laughs> in the time we've got right well, we, now. We'd lose the ho- classic Hobgoblin arc. I, I love the Hobgoblin mystery. Yeah, you know that presumes that. Well, that presumes that nobody would have killed off the Goblin in the interim anyway. But uh, I, 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 I don't know. I mean, yeah. I really don't know. He also wants to know if you ever read any Philip Carlo books. Honestly, I do not know who that is. Uh, I don't either. I, I, I am Nancy King's worst nightmare because I read comic books and not real books. <laughs> um, you know, I just don't have the time. I'd love, there's a lot of books I'd love to dig into. My true crime, I, I satisfy my true crime, uh, obsession with, uh, the internet, uh, like True TV, I think, has, or has a, um, website of, uh, famous, uh, murders and serial killers and things of that nature. That's one of my faves to go to. Stella, have you read much of the Arthurian, Arth, is that how you say Arthurian? Legends. Yeah. The King Arthur Legends. And if so, what is your favorite take on it? Thomas Mallory, T.H. White, someone else. Yeah, I haven't really read much of it. I mean, I know a lot of it, but I think mostly through TV and movies, so can't really answer that one. Kevin, you said that you're not a cartoon watcher, but you enjoyed Spec Spidey, and you said you've checked out Young Justice because Greg Weissman is involved. Did you ever see Gargoyles back in the 90? Wiseman considers that to be his magnum opus. I did not, and uh, this this sounds silly since I read comic books about superheroes and I watch 
you know, a spectacular Spider-Man cartoon with a guy dressed as a goblin flying around on a glider. But even as a kid, I just couldn't take the premise of gargoyles flying around seriously. Uh, not to disparage what you enjoy, it just never appealed to me from commercials I saw as a kid. For Brad, what's the most single worst Marvel comic that you've ever read that wasn't a Spider-Man comic? Because OMD and Omit would make that too easy. Um... Greg, I apologize. I don't really have anything that comes to mind. Um, anybody help me? What? What? If somebody says something, I imagine I'll, I'll be like, "Oh yeah, that was ass." Um, I guess not. I'm sorry, Greg. I don't really have an answer. I, I, I tend to remember the Spider-Man ones. Uh, Iron Jam from uh, East Yorkshire, UK. Uh, congrats uh, to Brad for getting the name of my city right. First time, last podcast. I appreciate it. I'm, I'm glad that I pronounced it right. I it's a fifty-fifty shot sometimes. My question for the team is: apart from the reboot, brand new day, Shatter Omit, which Spidey story has pissed you off the most, and I should avoid? Anybody? What do you think? I think the uh, Spider-Man Breakout. Breakout, yeah. Bailey. The reboot from '98. Mm. Yeah, Jr. Well, good thing Spidey Dude's not with us. But I, I would say, <laughs> I would say like, like the Trial of Peter Parker and the Maximum Clonage miniseries. Yeah. I mean, as far forgetting the whole clone thing. I mean, as stories, these were absolute fails. Yeah, Stella. Well, Spidey Dude would agree with you on that. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he would. Okay. Yeah. What should he avoid, Stella? Um, I don't have anything other than the the present uh, situation. So. Just a fun one. Would you rather be attacked by 12 duck-sized horses or four horse-sized ducks? I don't get it. <laughs> okay, that's. I'll have what he's having. TNR 105 <laughs> from New Jersey. Brad, it seems Spidey is no longer Marvel's flagship hero with the growing popularity of Wolverine Iron Man. What needs to be done to make the character Revlin accessible to put him back on top? I disagree. I think Spider-Man's still your number one. I think if you go up to 100 kids... Uh, 99 kids will recognize Spider-Man over, well, I don't know, maybe the Iron Man, but, um, continuously, I think Spider-Man's still the flagship. I think, uh, I don't think anybody else is up there. Kevin, what advice would you give to an aspiring comic writer who wants to put their own spin on a hero without making them seem too out of character? Oh, you've got to look at what you love about the character, what's already there, uh, and try to bring that out. Uh, you also want to try to figure out new situations to put them in that they can react to in a different way, you know, progress the character, but don't change them internally. Uh, it, it's not that difficult to do to find a new spin for a character without changing them internally. Uh, you just, I think some people come at it with the idea that they don't necessarily like this character, they don't like this thing about him, so they're just going to change it, and that's not the right way to do it. JR, now that Norman's dark reign has ended, what direction do you hope to see the character go within the next few years? Oh, well, that's a good question. I guess I, my, my personal preference is I would just really like to have him be a Spidey villain again and learn mm-hmm. Spider-Man's secret identity and go from there. But, but in a way, I want to be surprised because as long as it's a good writer with a good concept, because... You know, if you had asked me, you know, a few years ago, I mean, I would never have thought, oh, yeah, get Warren Ellis to put him in charge of the Thunderbolts. You know, <laughs> I mean, I loved Warren Ellis's Thunderbolts. I mean, I, I would have never guessed that someone would come up with an idea to do that with Norman. So, you know, as long as uh, my preference is uh, Spider-Man villain again for a while, but, you know, surprise me. Tell me a great story. Okay. 
Uh, let's see. Stella, when Bruce Wayne returns, do you think he will approve of Stephanie Brown's tenure as Batgirl and Damien's as Robin, or will he force them to return the roles to Cassandra and Tim? Um, part of me thinks that he probably would be a little, um, disapproving of it, but because, you know, Tim ended up, uh, you know, sort of going that route and trying to get her out of there, but then overall, or after everything accepting her, I don't think, I think it would be a little redundant to have him come back and do that, and um, he knows that Stephanie is under Barbara's wing, and I know he really trusts her, so I don't think that's an issue, and of course, Damien is his son, and since all the other Robins ended up being his son too, I think it's sort of the route that you're just meant to go if you our Bruce Wayne's son. So I think overall they'll be fine, but it's going to be hard for him, I think, to get back. And I'll, I'll be interested to read this transition from sort of quote unquote death to, to life. Michael, now that you quit reading comics, are you content reading back issues? Or are you still hoping for the day Superman books are for you again? And how does your lifelong Superman fan contract play into this? Uh, to answer the first question, I'm pretty content reading back issues right now. Uh, I will be reading Superman Earth 1 just because it's a new take on the origin. Shock, shockingly, I, I read the last <laughs> issue of Superman Secret Origin and, and really enjoyed it because it seemed to have the Superman that I want to read. You know, to, to say, you know, am I looking forward to they there for you again is, it, it, to me, that that's kind of arrogant, thinking that they should write to me. If it ever goes back to that, I'll pick it back up again. And if I ever find the issues that I am not buying in like a fifty cent bin, sure I'll pick them up because they're they're fifty cents. I'm not stupid. Um, <laughs> how does that play in my lifelong Superman fan contract? There was a clause that if Clark Kent does not appear in a certain number of issues a year, uh, I, can, I can opt out of the contract. So I opted out. Yeah. Well, there you go. Uh, TNR's last question is to all of us: uh, What should be done the Spider-Man reboot? He suggests that uh, Gwen Stacy should be the love interest and a lesser-known villain like Electro the Vulture. And Spidey wants, should put on the Ben Riley costume, not the hoodie, the suit that makes it separate the franchises. Um, I don't know. Um, I don't think you should mess with the suit. And you can't. I, I think the suit, the suit works. As far as Gwen Stacy, I think you could do that. Although I worry if they're going to be comparing that to the last movie where they tried to introduce her as a love interest. Um, I, I, would, I would have liked to have seen them cast a real kid as Spider-Man. Yeah, I mean, and, I, and I've said this before, but instead of instead of an overgrown, you know, instead of an adult trying to play a kid, I wish they had really gotten a teenage kid to play Spider-Man. Yeah. Uh, let's see, Persians. Also, thank you to TNR105. That was his very first post on our board, and he aimed it to our message board, or our uh, podcast questions. So I appreciate him for joining and asking some questions. Uh, Persian Spider from uh, Iran, Tehran. Um, let's see, if this podcast were The Simpsons, who would you be? I guess I'm Homer. Don't! <laughs> JR, are you Grandpa Simpson? <laughs> Yeah, I was wondering. He's got me as Mr. Burns. You but, as Mr. Uh, Burns. I, I, excellent. And but, Stella uh, as Lisa. And uh, who's who's Michael and Kevin? I don't know. I don't, I don't watch I want Kevin to be Troy McClure. <laughs> That's nice. I don't I know what that means. I'll take it as a compliment. Hi, I'm Troy McClure. You know me from other podcasts like the Jeff Johns podcast and Bedgar to Oracle. No, I'm sorry. Uh, to, I, I, I guess I'd be comic book guy. <laughs> 
Wow. Kind of makes me sad inside. Uh, to everyone, what is the best Spider-Man team-up story that you've ever read? Um, I guess the Dan Slott uh, Spider-Man Human Torch thing. That was great. That's the one that comes to my mind when you ask the question. Anybody else? Yeah, I second that. Okay. Uh, to Kevin, if you were the writer of the new Spider-Man movie, who would you choose as the villain? That's a tough one, because I'd be tempted to choose somebody that's really personal to him for the first movie, but, you know, Green Goblin and Venom have all have both already been used. I don't know if you can do the Green Goblin story again as well. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. A lot of people have been crying out for Electro for a long time. A lot yeah. of people have been asking for the Lizard, but I think that's just because we had already seen Dylan Baker as Kirk Connors, yeah. and I really don't like the Lizard. So I'd have to give a lot of thought to that. I'm not sure. It would depend on the story of the movie. Uh, to Michael, why can't they make a good Superman video game? I think they have. I, I you know, the the N64 game I heard sucked worse uh, than anything, so much that it had its own event horizon. Uh, and I'm playing Superman Returns right now, and it's decent. But I really liked Shadow of Apocalypse, except for the ending, which I was very disappointed in. So um, to- I think they will one day. Let's aim this one to Stella. What's the most stupid Spider-Man cover you've ever seen? <laughs> I don't know what the number is. I can't recall it off the top of my head. But um, the one where the guy is punching Spider-Man in the butt. <laughs> that is... Are you, you know ta- which one I'm the, talking about. The Sandman is punching Spider-Man yeah, in the butt. Yes, that's, that's a panel yes. from uh, like Amazing Spider-Man... Oh, I like, thought it was also the cover, too. No, it's an in- interior panel. I think it's like Amazing 215. JR, is that right? It's a John Romita Jr. image. Well, then uh, I'll it, say that it's the one. Oh, you go ahead, JR. No, I was about to say, it probably is. I don't remember the oh. exact issue. but yeah, He punched him right in the ass. It's a great panel. I love it. <laughs> I'll say probably the stupidest, and I think we'd all agree, is the one with all the cherubs on it. It was like Valentine. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? The fat yeah, like a, yeah, oh, that's issue. oh, yeah, that was pretty bad. Uh, to everyone, you are always so happy laughing and cracking jokes on this podcast. What do you think other podcasts are like? Do you think the people on Batman are always brooding and frowning? No, I think they have a fun time, too. I haven't listened to the Batman podcast. Do they have a good time? Yeah, like Bertoni's on there and everything, and Dustin's a really nice guy. Yeah, I think they have a nice time. Okay. Uh, homicidal drummer. Two posts from Butt Town, USA. <laughs> what, a nice seg- what a nice segue. Uh, BD, any, I love the Valentine's Day show. Any advice for another Spider-Man fan who's about to enter into fatherhood? She's not prego yet, <laughs> but oh, <God>. I, <laughs> Mr. Butt Town. Uh, but I just wanted to uh, wonder, do you ever feel you're ready or do you just go for it and feel more ready when the baby comes? Uh, dude, you, you're not gonna know what to do when she, the baby's born. You just, just ad lib and do your best you can and support her and, and love her and etc. Uh, I, I can't give you any advice. Just deal with the moment. Don't be selfish and, and have unconditional love for the wife uh, and the baby. I will ask this. Is it because he's from Butt Town? <laughs> I know. I was trying to imply that, but Bailey hits you with the tin pot over the head. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> also, do you find it hard to think about cutting back on all your hobbies, or does that just come natural? Uh, my stack is getting bigger of comic books to read. <laughs> Stop. That's what she said. Stop. <laughs> you. Stop. Uh, JR, 
can you you can answer this too since uh, it's been a hundred years. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> what do you what, what do you think? Did your did your hobbies cut back a bit when you became a daddy or when you got married? Well, yeah, I can't I can't write nearly as much as I used to. Yeah, exactly. So, and, and it gets worse as I get older. And you I don't know, you think, think there's there should be any other priority. I mean, you should put your family first. Honestly, yeah. I'm mean, come on now. Right, and, and and like I was saying, you know, it gets worse as you get older. I mean, you think they're high maintenance when you know they're you have to feed them and change them and everything like that. When they start getting involved in activities, you know, that's that's. So yeah, you've got to cut back. You have to change your priorities. Stella in an ideal world, do Batgirl or any related characters hook up with Spidey, or do they have they leave the fan fiction stuff to super dorks whose names we won't mention that live in Butt Town? I swear, like five people asked me the same question on really? this very yeah. I swear, because uh, I was going through. Um, if any, whoa, watch out for the mucus there. If anyone, <laughs> I giggled. I didn't. I didn't sneeze. Okay, never. Mind. Okay. If uh, anyone were to hook up, I could see Barbara Gordon hooking up with Peter Parker. However, if she were to, I would leap into that imaginary world and hit her because now he's just he's kind of an idiot. So, but yes, we should leave fanfic and angry flat uh, slash fanfic, you know that kind of stuff okay. to the. Donna Mark from Nashville, Tennessee, to the gang. What, in your opinion, has been the best part of Brand New Day that you didn't expect to like? I think the return of the uh, the supporting cast. I think uh, Straczynski kind of just killed all that. I like that he does have a supporting cast. I don't like all of them, but I like that he has some uh, chess pieces to play with. I mean, not I mean C H E S S, not chess. <laughs> He's got both. He does have both. <laughs> Anybody else? I mean, what do you, do you guys like that or? Um, I liked the. Betty Brandt issue 583 by Mark Wade quite a bit, so I guess I can say that. To the gang, what was the one thing from the Spider-Man comics pre-One More Day that generally did not like? This is in reference to any storytelling trope from 62 to 2007 that may have been done away with at the start of Brand New Day. JR, you've been reading since the 1960s. No, just kidding. <laughs> well, anything pre-One More Day that you hated that they got rid of? Oh, that they got rid of? Yeah. I mean... I mean, I certainly hated the reboot, and I certainly hated the Clone Saga, uh, but, you know, everybody hates those. Um, I, you know, I hated the Denny O'Neill era, but this is reference that may have been done away with at the start of Brand New Day. Well, Marvel keeps telling us Brand New Day didn't do away with anything except the marriage. So, uh, you know, I guess there's really not an answer to that. Uh, he has another question for JR about the your favorite Punisher Spider-Man team-up. You know, it's funny. I like both characters, but I really don't like to read them in a story together because I tend to think the Punisher's right, and I think Spidey's an idiot for disagreeing with him or not stepping out of his way and letting him shoot the hell out of all those MFs. Um, but but, but, uh, but uh, I, w- I will say I did like, even though the story itself is, is very, very flawed. I mean, there's a lot of problems with it. Uh, Kurt Busiek, I think it was Kurt, did a what-if story. What if the Punisher accidentally killed Daredevil? And it Kind of, ha- it's not a team up with Spider-Man, but you know, it's almost like a logical follow-through of what would really happen if we had these type of people running around. Uh, and it's got a really cool ending. <laughs> so, yeah. I would say that one. You just uh, hit something on that I forgot to talk about in the reviews of the last show that we did. 
that annoyed me on 639 of Amazing, that very first recap page was Spider-Man and Mary Jean was walking apart with the spider heart with a rip down the middle of it. And that was the cover of a what if, what if issue. Do you remember this? What if yeah, Spider- it was, yeah, what if Spider-Man had uh, not married Mary Jane? Oh, I just thought that was so terrible that they did that. Yeah, it was a uh, it was the volume two of What Ifs. It was a two parter. The first one was I What know. If He Not Married Mary Jane, and then the second would be What If He Married the Black Cat. It kind of just put a bad story. taste in your mouth. Like this is a What If story that's happening. Anyway, that's an interesting perspective. I, I think you're right. I didn't think of that uh, until just now. Uh, to Brad and Stella, what is the one thing that you would like to see in future Spider-Man games that have not been done yet? Go ahead, Stella. I, I don't can't really think of anything. I'm, yeah, I couldn't either, and I yeah. was wondering if you found anything that you really liked that was in the new game that has never been done before. This one, well, I mean, just has everything in it. As I, so I'm just digging it. Yeah. I mean, I like the idea of having different Spideys, and all those Spideys were voiced by people that actually voiced him throughout the years, so that was pretty cool. One nice thing that they've done in this game is they took the voice actor from Spectacular Spider-Man, and he's voicing the, the Hammerhead character. So you see, hear that same grovelly voice of the Hammerhead, which is kind of cool, which is the noir universe is my least favorite in the game. The 2099 universe is by far the prettiest. My goodness. And to hear... Uh, Daniel Galvezian voiced Spider-Man again, and he hasn't done it in 20 years since Amazing Friends. Just, uh, you know, just, I'm geeking out when I hear him talk. Uh, Venomaniac from over there. JR, if you ran into Norman Osborne at a party, what would be the topic of conversation between you two? Oh my god. I'm a big you know, fan, I, dude. Yeah, I am. Yeah, you're biggest fan. But, you know, Norman is not the type of person I think you could strike up a conversation with because he's so, you never know what mood he's going to be in. And plus, he's so smug and arrogant. You know, it, it's not like you could strike up a bullshit conversation with him. But uh, if I had to, I, I, I would say that probably we'd wind up talking about raising sons. Oh, that'd be good. You know that blonde you threw off the bridge? Great job. (laughs) (laughs) Michael, why do you think comic fans are normally objects of satire by the mainstream culture? And how accurate do you think the portrayals of comic fans in the mainstream culture is? I ended on a preposition. I apologize. We're easy targets. That's Um, true. You know, we were easy targets in high school. We're easy targets now. I, I, I think... As far as them being accurate, I think they are accurate to the more extreme factions among us. I'd, I'd really like to, and I guess, I guess, damn it, I'm going to have to be the one to write it. I would like to see a movie or a television series or a novel where the protagonist is a collector of comic books and doesn't have a severe socially crippling personality where they, they, they can't function in the day-to-day world like a lot of these uh, a lot of these fans as we see like on, on Big Bang Theory and stuff like that. It actually, it's getting to the point where uh, I've, I've become kind of offended by that characterization because basically what it's saying is it's okay to make fun of us, uh, but you can't make fun of anybody else. And to that I say, fuck you. <laughs> um, you know, I mean you, you, it's all over the place. Go back to something innocuous as a goofy movie back well, in like you, 1995, where they have like, a yeah, where the, but they have a lyric in the very beginning of the uh, of the uh, of the song uh, after movie? today. What are you talking about? What movie? 
a goofy, a goofy movie. movie. Oh, oh, I thought you were just calling it a goofy movie. It's named. No, a, it's wonderful. I've never heard of it. <laughs> but there's there's a part in that that opening yeah. song where it's like you know we're gonna put down something and up with the comics and it's these two guys. One's overweight, one's really skinny with glasses and braces, and they talk like this. And it's just like, you know, screw you. I read comics all through high school, still managed to get laid once or twice. So, you know. Just put about, that up. What about the dude in Coyote Ugly? I have not seen Coyote Ugly. He collected Ugly, comic so. books, and the girl at the end gave him Amazing Spider-Man 129 with the Punisher. He was an average guy, I thought. I don't know. Yeah, but who, who the hell saw Coyote Ugly? Dude, I did. I did too. The chicks okay. were hot. Thank you very much. Hyper <laughs> Parrot, boo. Yeah, she's in Covert Affairs now. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> I just <laughs> shut Bailey down with Coyote Ugly reference. I apologize. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, uh, Stella. Talk again. I did. <laughs> Didn't we just get? Didn't she just get asked this one, Stella? Do you think Peter Parker and Barbara Gordon would work? I told you it re- reappears everywhere. <laughs> my goodness, my goodness, uh, Brad. Who drew? Who drew what? No, who drew you? Nobody what drew, drew me. you. What, what drew, drew you to read only Marvel comics? Uh, I got a campaign letter in the mail and said that comics are bad for kids, so I just picked them up. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, Electric Company was Spider-Man. That was well played, sir. Well Both of two, Spider-Man, and uh, Spinner Racks and Stores. That got me going. Kevin, I remember a while ago you were, that still gets me going. I remember a while ago you were on discussing on the boards how you're watching and then stopped watching Fringe. It's been a while, so many facts maybe slightly off. What did you not like about it, and why did you stop it? Uh, I actually dropped Fringe originally after the pilot because uh, I really didn't like the pilot. Uh, but then ten episodes in, they went on a hiatus, and my dad had been telling me about how great it was and how much better it had gotten. So I caught up with all the episodes on Hulu, and today I've seen every episode. I started watching it again, both seasons one and two. Uh, my problem is it is such a frustrating show because I never know if I'm going to get an episode that I love or that I hate. I love everything to do with the alternate universe stuff. That is That is a great show. I hate their Freak of the Week episodes. That is a shit show. And I never know which show I'm going to get in a week. So it's really frustrating to be a fan of, but I do really like the alternate universe stuff. And it looks like they're playing that up a lot now, so hopefully it'll get better for me. That sounds like my exact frustrations with Smallville with season one. It was Freak of the Week for season one. And then it got better when they did the Mythos of Superman. A lot of shows uh, start out that way. Like season one of Buffy was a lot of Freak of the Week type yeah. stuff, but that got a lot better. And mm-hmm. the problem is Fringe just won't let go of it. It's it's mm-hmm. half and half, even with season two. JPD13 from New Jersey. To the whole gang, if you could steal one character from DC and have them in the Marvel Universe, who would it be? Mr. Bailey, who would you have in the MU? Um, hmm, that's a good question. I would I would throw the Green Lantern Corps into the MU just to see how that messed with the Nova Corps. What about Batman? Is there a Batman equivalent in the Marvel Universe besides the Punisher? Yeah, it's called Tony Stark and Captain America. And oh, that's true. One person. So that's true. <laughs> Anybody else? You want Barbara Gordon in the Marvel Universe so they could hook up Stella? No. No. <laughs> why, why Why shouldn't they hook up? By the way. What's wrong Why with Why shouldn't they hook up? See, I don't know that much about Barbara Gordon. Why should they not hook well, up? Well, Barbara Gordon has already made some kind of poor wife decisions, i.e. sleeping with Nightwing on the eve of his wedding to Starfire. 
And, Seriously, and, you know, she didn't know. Yes, she I know didn't she didn't know. know. I know she didn't know. But that, like, was so emotionally stressing that I don't think she needs to date a guy that, like, Peter Parker, who right now is not our idea of Peter Parker. What was Dick Grayson getting married to that Starfire chick anyway for? What was that she about? She has a large chest. I think that's oversimplifying the no, Teen Titans that's run, but no. really good. the character is <laughs> Have you ever read those books? <laughs> wow. No, but no. <laughs> <laughs> all right, then. All right, then. Um, JR, anybody from the DC Universe you want in the Marvel Universe? No, I really haven't thought about it to be okay. honest. I'm not I'm not knowledgeable enough to really answer yeah. that intelligently. Me neither. And I, I as I, we've said this before, I like the competition of the two against each other. It makes them better. Uh, FSU Spider Fan from North Carolina. Stella, how's the teaching job going and are you taking tips from our friendly neighborhood ex high school teacher, Peter Parker? Um, I never I'm not sure what kind of tips he could offer me. Uh, that'd be interesting. But, um, no, I am enjoying it so far. You know, the first week was sort of every day I would wake up with dread. Um, the next week uh, I felt like, you know, I was just above water, and this week was a little bit better. Um, I'm having issues sort of setting myself um, apart from my predecessors. So, you know, every day I just hear, well, Ms. Marshall did this. Well, Ms. Marshall did this. And I mean, seriously, all I want to do is like shake the kid and be like, I am not Ms. Marshall. I am not Ms. Marshall. So, I mean, that's, you know, that's you know Ms. Marshall would deal with it a lot better than that stuff. Excuse me, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't help it. I had to say it again. That was so mean. <laughs> <laughs> Stella wow. never talks to Mike again. Miss <laughs> uh, Morris show will be on the show next month. <laughs> Sorry, Stella. Uh, Brad, how many diapers have you changed so far? Uh, just wait until she starts real foods and starts to get real stinky. Um, I've done, I do about six or seven a day. And I actually had one that, uh, why am I talking about shit? Change it. Uh, <laughs> Miss Marshall wouldn't say this. Huh? No, just kidding. <laughs> no, um, I had one where you put one on and then instantly, boom, time to change it again. So I, I um, as I said uh, a few months ago, I've joined Sam's Club because the diapers are cheap and brother, we go through. Uh, JR, how would you rate Brand New Day on their goal of creating new memorable villains? Probably one out of ten sticks, doesn't it? Yeah, actually, I was going to make a comment about the diapers and stuff. Uh, Go ahead. My most, my most memorable moment was when my wife and I were trying to change my daughter when she was a baby, and yeah. she just went right on the wall. I mean, it just... <laughs> it just uh, oh, man. It was a projectile. <laughs> Holy crap. Anyway. Exactly. <laughs> How would you rate that? <laughs> Uh, how would I rate? No, I, I I would say very poor, but I will also qualify that with saying that that is you know coming up with a new villain that has got to be a tough gig. I mean, really, what? I mean, other than bodily functions, you know, you know, uh, you know, flatulence, vulture, yeah, yeah, flatulence man or fart man. Well, Howard, Howard Stern already did fart man, so yeah, yeah I, it's it's that would be a tough gig. I don't, I don't, I think they've done a poor job, but I boy. I I couldn't do it. Can myself. we? I mean, have any of them? Do you think any of them be around? There's like the driver. There, that's no. one. Of them. There's there's no, I don't uh, think jackpot. What? Well, that's no. not a villain. 
Um, I mean, you know, Mr. Negative is the only one that has any stay in power, and frankly, I bet when Dan Slott leaves the title that he will, no one will use him again. So, What's the one we can never think of that's on the Internet? Screwball. Uh, screwball. Screwball. I don't think she'll be around. The the vomiting vulture. Anyway. Kevin, were you secretly revealed or relieved? <laughs> were you revealed and relieved to get an extra time to write Crawl Space when Marvel kept pushing Omen's release date back? I don't think it was that big of a secret. <laughs> I was very relieved. Every time I checked the website and saw a later release date. Yes. Yeah. All right, uh, Chaos Inc. from uh, UK, North England. Uh, question for everyone, what's the, what the latest Avengers cartoon starting soon? That's supposed to be guest starring a lot of Marvel heroes. Do you think Spidey should be in it? If so, what capacity guest star semi-regular? I think guest star's fine. Why not? Probably semi-regular if they want to market the thing. Yeah. I don't think he'll be in it. I think they're going to save that for Ultimate Spider-Man. Spider-Pool 279 is our last question. Uh, Brad, how much sleep are you getting currently now that Ava is in the picture? She's been doing good. I, I'm normally a night owl anyway, so I usually go to bed around 1, 1.32 every night. So uh, I'm, getting, I'm doing okay with sleep. That very first week was rough, but uh, she's getting in a pattern now. Kevin, have you seen the web series The Guild? And what do you think of if you have, you seem to be most likely to have seen it since it's it was written, produced, and stars Felicia Day of Dr. Horrible fame. Uh, I did watch the first episode for that exact reason, but it seems to be something targeted just directly at video gamers or uh, RPGers and pretty much exclusively, so it didn't really do anything for me except that Felicia Day is really, really, really hot. Uh, Lockdown from Illinois... Brad, since Mrs. Lockdown and I are expecting our little spider baby at the end of the year, how much does the great Mrs. BD allow you to put Spider-Man or other comic-related stuff in Ava's room and some tips for me to how to do that? Uh, Mrs. Crawlspace is very supportive of my addiction. Uh, baby Ava has a Spider-Man onesie. Was a, let me pick out some pink Spider-Man shirts for her. So if it's important to you, it should be important to your wife. And uh, I think uh, if you communicate, if you don't bombard the room with Spider-Man everywhere, I think you'll be fine. You get to have your little touch of the room, and, and she gets to have her little touch if it's a 50-50 relationship. JR, I know you are the resident Norman Osborne expert about here, around here, but what are your thoughts about the return of the Hobgoblin and why only Roger Stern and Tom DeFalco seem to be the only people willing to write Roger, Roderick Kingsley while other writers want to bring in yet another new hobby? Well, um, as far as the return of the Hobgoblin, uh, normally I would uh, I would say uh, I'd be fine with it, but uh, after seeing how he was drawn this last time, uh, I don't want to I don't want to see that. Uh, as far as why Stern and DeFalco only will write Kingsley, but I, and I don't know. I mean, you know, the I guess you know Bendis created another Hobgoblin too. That must be what he's referring to in that Secret Wars, but. Uh, Writers want to create their own characters and create their own, you know, uh, do their own things with them. Uh, and I think that uh, when they get the opportunity, they will. You know, I don't think it's, I think that's just a natural thing. So, Stella, since I'm currently between jobs, how do you deal with a Starbucks with a draw? He used to go there once a week. Stella? Sometimes turn it off like Kevin does, muting in between. Okay, so I'm I don't drink coffee at all, and Starbucks is more of like a a treat for me, off and on. So I'm not really dealing. I just have to deal with being tired, you know, staying at school twelve hours trying to get stuff done, things like that. Do you have what? Do you have any sort of caffeine that gets you going? 
No, I drink orange juice in the morning. Wow. Uh, Kevin, have you ever thought about doing a cross-based Spider-Girl series? Uh, no. Uh, Spider-Girl is always one I would, I've said I would write if given the chance, like the actual comic book. Um, but, you know, doing Spider-Man cross-based is a lot a response to there not being a good Spider-Man book out right now. Um, and I guess, uh, now that I'm saying that, there is no Spider-Girl book out right now. But my point is that nobody was pissed off at the way Spider-Girl went. Um, and I don't. I'm not into the character enough, I think, to be that person. But having said that, uh, if you read the end of Crawl Space number 12, then stay tuned. Kevin, have you ever, have you always, oh, I'm sorry, Steve J. Rogers from New York City. Kevin, have you always not been much of a cartoon fan, or did you just phase out or get too old for it? Man, don't say you don't watch cartoons in <laughs> front of these fans. <laughs> <laughs> It's like um, saying you don't like apple pie, you know? Apparently. Yeah. <laughs> I watched cartoons when I was little. Like I said, Spider-Man, X-Men, Batman, Superman, Looney Tunes, Animaniacs, uh, Muppet Babies, you know, all that Hell stuff. Hell, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and yeah, I, I pretty much just phased out, got old. Um, I, You know, I don't, again, I really don't want to demean stuff that people enjoy. If you enjoy it, that's great. But for me, uh, it just doesn't really appeal to me. A lot of the voice acting and stuff I've seen doesn't really sound all that good to me. Um, It's it's just not my thing. I'd rather either read the comic book or, you know, watch a live-action show. Cartoons just, for the most part, again, for the most part, don't really appeal to me. But like I said, Under the Red Hood, fantastic. Spectacular Spider-Man, fantastic. Uh, You know, some of those just stand out. Michael Bailey, what's your two cents on the shakeup of the Batman books? Eh, I'm not reading them, so I really don't have much of an opinion on it. And that's not me trying to sound snarky or anything. It's just I don't want to talk about something I don't really know all that much about. JGC from Montreal, Canada. Uh, just wondering if any of you are reading the Ultimate Comics Spider-Man. I am. Anybody else? Nope. No, I dropped it after Ultimate Volume 1 ended. Stella, are you reading it? No, sir. I'm I'm reading it. It's uh pretty pretty average to below average in my opinion. The best arc, in my opinion, was the Bagley Bendis uh, Venom arc. I, I like the the spin they did on Eddie Brock there. Uh, but honestly, the quality has really deteriorated after Bagley left. I mean, it was really a two man show, and when you take one out, you really are missing a big chunk. And I don't think they've been able to capture the magic. Uh, it's it's not even on my top read pile. When I read it anymore, it's basically they, in my opinion, they've turned it into um, Spider-Man's Amazing Friends, replaced Firestar with the Human Torch. It's just, it's time to wrap that place up, in my opinion. Heartburn from Alberta, Canada. Uh, Brad, do you think you'll be able to get Josh Keaton back for a podcast since he's voicing the Ultimate Spider-Man in Spider-Man's Shattered Dimensions? I think. Remember saying Dan Gavilzian wouldn't mind appearing on a future podcast. Yes, I'd like to get Josh back. Yes, I'd like to get Dan on. My goal. For Dan is to get Frank Welker, who voiced uh, 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 Iceman, and I f- forgive me, I've forgotten her name, but the voice actress of Firestar. I still need to send that email. They all have websites. It's my goal to get the Spider Friends back together. I would think that would be a great show. Would you guys like to hear that one? Yeah. Be cool. I think it'd be really cool if you got all four Spider Men from the video game onto one podcast. I tell you what, Neil Patrick Harris is knocking it out of the park on the voice acting on that game. I am I just playing it. I'm, I'm, I'm cackling it. The, the, the quips are very funny. 
I think he'd be the hardest one to get on the show, though, because yeah. he's, he's pretty big in a lot of other media. I agree. Uh, Kevin, I asked in the Spider-Man Crawlspace section, but I think you didn't see it, so I'll just ask it here. Spoiler alert, since Ben is back and probably going to be back being the Scarlet Spider, do you have any plans or are going to have plans dealing with the other Scarlet Spider, Patrick, from uh, uh, the Avengers Initiative series? We'd be seeing two wall-crying clones going by the same name. Just wonder if you thought you crossed your mind. Um, can anybody confirm for me what the hell his uh, status is? I was under the impression that guy was pretty much gone. I haven't seen or heard from him in years. Uh, I think he was in the initiative at the very end, but uh, they killed one of the clones. I, I Bottom line, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't think it's that big an issue. I mean, no. two people have used the same name before, and it's not like, you know, if Brad Douglas, who reads every Marvel comic... Uh, that they print doesn't really know if the guy's even still around. I don't think it's going to be a really big clash, although you might see something to do with that costume coming up soon. For the gang, if Judgment Day came, uh, occurred, do-dum, 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 and only you and a few other people survived, do-dum, 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 one of them wow. uh, being a spider-related character, get in the car if you want to live. Uh, who would you want there? <laughs> I'm hoping Brad doesn't think about the lizard, the two of them thinking about uh, repopulating the planet. Ooh, God, lizard love. Um, Stella, who do you want left on the planet? That's a Spider-Man character. Oh, that's a Spider-Man character? Because I was going to yeah. go, I was like, oh, Barbara Gordon, she and I could get along. <laughs> um, yikes. That's a Spider-Man character? Yep. That's what it says. Mary Jane pre... Sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> I probably wouldn't have needed it repeated. Okay. Um, what happened to Stella? She's she's now really low. Very quiet, love. She, Stella, your volume just like went really down low. I that's your Skype, not mine. There, there. She's back. She's back. Okay. Yep. God. She started yelling at Kevin, and the, the internet god said, "Stop!" <laughs> Sorry, it's self-censored. Apparently, okay. My answer would be Mary Jane pre OMD. OMG. Uh, anybody is else? That was terrible. Why is that a terrible answer? No, Brad saying OMG. That was terrible. I don't like that. I, I had a flashback to me and her the duet. Oh. Uh, in the interest of time, we're plowing through. Extreme Spider, New York City, uh, BD, in issue 603, MJ says to quote, God, Peter, you're such a narcissist. When he says Spider-Man was in a news conference with the Avengers, though they didn't know it was Venom, does this mean the Van Linty was laying it slipped to MJ knows or what? Also, does she know about the other's past? Anyone feel afraid? I'm not quite sure I understand the question. Do you guys remember it? Okay. Stella, are we going to do a Bubba, Bubba Moose Greatest Hits album? Um, Probably if I have time, and I think, you know, if George Berryman has time, maybe we could cut some sort of thing. But you're nuts. <laughs> My, you're like in the record industry. We're going to cut some kind of thing, put it out there, see, <laughs> the, fans, see if the fans like it, eat it up. We're going to do a Greatest Hits. Yeah, baby. Uh, Michael, <laughs> would the Superman title stay the same if the writers suck uh, with the early no other kryptonite? Kryptonian rule. I, I believe you meant to say stuck. No. Did uh, oh, oh, I say the writers suck? I'm yeah. sorry. I thought this was a Spider-Man show. Uh, um, <laughs> hey, when you had me on, you knew the Superman question. I know. Kryptonite uh, condom. I, I don't think they would have stayed the same because, in all honesty, I feel that uh, 
that it, it's probably for the best that they got rid of that rule because it seemed to be kind of it's it seemed to be affecting other things that it didn't need to affect like the Superman animated series because at first the Supergirl on that was not a Kryptonian she was from a planet in the same system so she had the same powers and it's just like no 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 that that, that doesn't quite work so I'm kind of glad they got rid of it. Okay. Next line will be read by Stella. Oh gosh. Let me go over here. It's it's in the chat window. Oh, it's in the chat window. There you go. To Kev. That's all I say. To Kev. <laughs> <laughs> to Kev. Really? <laughs> it's in the chat window. It says so. Two read above. Two above the Kevin. <laughs> Like, what are you trying to do here, Brad? I don't know. I'm trying to be funny, but I didn't expect this. This is funnier. <laughs> Kevin? Dude. Okay, anyway, Extreme Spider says, Kevin, your work is freaking sweet. Thank you, Extreme Spider. I appreciate it. <laughs> Moving on. I know no one got what the hell we just did, but freaking that was hilarious. JR, if Mephisto was killed by Storm and Norman, would you complain? <sighs> Where did the name Storm and Norman come from? That's from the Gulf War, man. Yeah, yeah, Norman Schwarzkopf, although I think anybody with that name is called Storm and Norman, just like anybody who goes by Eddie's called Fast Eddie. But, uh, yeah, that's that's where the modern reference comes from. Nice. Would you be upset if Mephisto killed Norman? Mephisto is out of Norman's weight class. Sure. So there's no answer to that. Specchio at the end of time. Uh, finally got into before the thread was closed. Question it all. Does the friendly neighborhood public library carry, does your friendly neighborhood public library carry graphic novels? Uh, mine does, I think. I haven't been to my local library in a long time. Neither have I. Mine does. Cool. Yeah, mine has some graphic novels. JR, does yours? You know, uh, yes, they do. Okay. Mr. Douglas, how important do you think nationality is in casting? People sure were freaking out at the thought of Captain America might be played by a non-American actor, but Bucky is being played by Sebastian Stan, a Romulan. I mean, Romanian. <laughs> Romulan. <laughs> <laughs> a Romulan actor. Oh, oh hell, Jr. Those damn Romulans. <laughs> Bucky's gonna be a pointy-eared bastard. Oh, green-blooded bastard. Uh, you know what? I, I think it it has a bit to do with it. However, if you're a brilliant actor like uh the guy that plays House, he can get away with doing an American accent. The guy from um. Battlestar Galactica, the son, the son Odama, is a British actor that does a great American accent. I don't mind it. If I, if, if first, if first impression, if, if you come across as playing an American actor and you do the, the accent correct, it's, it's all, it's, I'm good with it. Alright, he also wants us to recite the Green Lantern Oath. I will do it because it's most damaging to my, Persona. In brightest day and blackest night, no evil shall escape my light. Let those who worship people's might beware my power. Spider-Man's light, baby. <laughs> uh, Spidey Site UK, what's the first Spider-Man comic you read or show Eva Marie when she's older? It's Ava Marie. And I don't know. I think it might be uh, the lizard rape issue or the black cat sex in the hotel issue. Will definitely not get shown. But... Uh, I don't know. I don't really have one picked out. My wife, as a uh, anniversary gift, got us some baby Spider-Man books to read her that uh, I think will probably be her first exposure to Spidey. JR, how do you address the situation getting Norman from jail and also who should play Norman in the new Spider-Man movie? 
Well, what I would like to see is I would like to see the tr- a, a story called The Trial of the Green Goblin, yeah. where Norman is put on trial, and I would like to see him get uh, get off the hook uh, for various reasons. I, um, I mean, but uh, I, I think uh, another way to do it would be uh, um, have, you know, he's got people there at the facility who sympathize with him, uh, and they, they could uh, cover an escape or something, so... Kevin, first major thank you for the crawl space and that kicks Omit's ass easily. Second, is there any B-list comic characters apart from Morbius you would like to write for Marvel or DC? Well, first off, thank you very much, sir. I appreciate that. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I guess it mostly depends on your definition of B-list, but I'd like to write pretty much all the supernatural characters for Marvel. You know, your Blade, Night Stalkers, Werewolf by Night, Dracula, all that good stuff. Uh, Hellstorm, absolutely. Um, at DC, I probably would have said Nightwing until he became Batman, and now I don't think you can consider him B-list anymore. Um, but also, Manhunter, Kate Spencer, I, I would like for Mark Andreco to write that character for the rest of his life, but if he can't, I'll do it. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, plenty of them. Did you read that Hellstorm book in the 90s? That was a good book. Uh, yeah, yeah, I loved that book until Warren Ellis took it over and turned him into the devil. <laughs> uh, Zach, are you there? Nope. Stella, in a recent discussion on the podcast I listened to, it discussed possible women who would actually be a good pairing for Peter Parker, and one of which was Barbara Gordon. <laughs> she told you. <laughs> Holy cow, do you people not read the previous question? Uh, what's your opinion of the statement? <laughs> Hit it, Stella. Whoa, we've lost Stella again. You're really quiet again, Stella. You're really quiet. Let's give it a second to come back. Coming back. Paging Stella. Nope, you're still low. A little bit. What am I supposed to do, scream? Oh, there you are. Oh, there you are. You're coming back. Oh. <clears throat> okay, she's back. <sighs> what do you think, Stella? Okay. So, when you're... I think of this, I remember several months ago I said that Carly kind of reminds me of Barbara Gordon. So, yes, I could see it like that. Um, pre-killing joke. I still think it depends on which Peter Parker you're talking about because this one, he's a jerk and he doesn't really think about anyone else. But I think in the past, I think it would have been a good, they could have been a good pairing. Um, but, you know, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'll probably discuss this on my podcast more thoroughly and probably more eloquently than I ever did on this one. Because you've been asked it three or four times in this thread alone. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Bailey, who would you cast as the next Superman if Brandon Routh can't do it? Should they kick Brandon Routh out? No, I'd, I'd like to give him a chance to actually play a, play his version of Superman and not be asked to play Christopher Reeve. Yeah. Uh, aside from him, you know, there there really hasn't been any actor that I've seen lately that I look at and go, hey, he'd make a pretty good Superman. I, I was kind of uh, interested uh, when I found out that the guy from um, White Collar oh. was approached to be Superman back when... It was uh, when they were still going through like the whole McGee, Brett Ratner debacle. Yeah. Uh, you know, it would have been interesting to see what he would have done with it, but I don't, I don't know if if he's right for it now. If that makes any sense. And that wraps up our final September show for the month. Before we go, I want to give another shout-out to our sponsor, MailOrderComics.com. They have another great spider deal this month. It's on the Spider-Man Osborne Identity trade paperback. This one reprints Amazing Spider-Man Presents American Son, number one to four, and materials from Age of Heroes, number two. It's 120 pages. The cover price is 15 bucks. 
Uh, mail order has it for just $8.99, which is 40% off the cover price. So check them out at mailordercomics.com. Thanks for listening, gang. For the Spider-Man Crawlspace.com, I'm your host and webmaster, Brad Douglas.